Hello and welcome to the Me and My Golf podcast. We're your hosts and PGA golf coaches, Piers Ward and Andy Proudman. Each week we're going to share with you our 20 plus years of coaching experience to bring you top tips, the latest information and trends, along with some of the world's best in the golf industry to help you play the best golf of your life. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it and help you take charge of your game. This is episode 23 and Europe have won the Ryder Cup back of Team USA. So in today's episode, what we're going to be talking about is really a review of the Ryder Cup. We're talking about the captains, Bjorn and Furyk. We're talking about the golf course, how it was set up. Was it set up in Europeans' favour? I'm sure it was. And also breaking down some of the player performances. It's a great one, guys. Celebrating the win for Europe. Let's get to it. Well then, Andy, have you recovered from watching the Ryder Cup? What a spectacle it was. We weren't able to see all of it because we were travelling a little bit with the Andy Quattro Cup in Germany, and Austria and Germany, should I say. But what we did see and watched it all Sunday, it was phenomenal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's, uh, I think it was, it was a surprising result um, to win by so many points. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, what a, what a few days of golf. The Ryder Cup never fails to entertain, that's for sure. You never really get, I don't remember ever a boring Ryder Cup that I've watched. Um, but this one was just incredible. And what a performance from the European team who absolutely pulled it out of the bag and just dominated the, the Americans, obviously from, from the afternoon on the, uh, on the Friday right through to the, the Sunday. They were just a force uh, to be reckoned with. And uh, yeah, I mean, pleased, for the, pleased that the Ryder Cup's back on uh, European soil, for mm-hmm. sure, definitely. Uh, do you know what? It's, it's interesting, isn't it? This is the thing about the Ryder Cup because... As much as we dominated, you know, after that opening session when they, they were 3-1 ahead, and then we dominated after that, but still, two hours into play on Sunday, you're going, hang on a bit. You know, doing, we watch on Sky Sports and get the projected scores, and it kept getting closer and closer and closer to 14. And it, so you, the thing is, you just never know in this game, and that's the beauty of the singles, having obviously 12 points up for grabs. Yep. You can still do a massive turnaround. But I think there's a big thing that comes in with momentum and things like that. But we're going to talk about those things as we go through this. So, look, first of all, Andy, what I would like to, to start off with, with the captains, Bjorn and Furyk. Two tremendous players, two very good Ryder Cup players, obviously. Furyk being a major champion. They, they seem to do a pretty good job, didn't they, from the outside in. The, you know, the players, the, the way the players have spoke about Bjorn especially, really... Did warm to him and his methods, and he—they he, just seem to do a really good job. Him in particular. Yeah, and I think from from the sounds of the players um, on the US side as well, they were all extremely um, enthusiastic about the job that Fury had done. So I mean, and, and ultimately, yes, the the responsibility has to come from the uh, the captains, but at the same time, the captain can only do so much. He can only pick the team that he thinks is going to do the best, and I'm sure the players would have had an involvement in. In what they feel regarding who should be paired up and who should be, you know, going out first and things like that. But ultimately, the the players just didn't perform as good as they should. And I don't think it's something that you can necessarily put down to just the captain. You know, you look look back at, over the week, some of the shots that were missed by the Americans, and some very simple shots that these world class players wouldn't normally miss. And I think that's uh, something to to really think about is that, that a lot of the a lot of the heat has to be took on on the players, not necessarily the uh, the captain. Yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned obviously how they played. I mean, the, the, I think the stats are that Europe were eighty under par, 
for the week and America were 59 under. That's a massive difference. You know, obviously, yeah. if it's a one-to-one -one event, that becomes very, you know, a big gap. And obviously, the end result was that it was a big gap. But I think we, we, when we look at this here, I and mean, we have to talk about it, we have to talk about, obviously, the guys who qualify automatically, the captain can't do anything about those. All he can really do is he can figure out throughout the, the, the selection process or the two-year process, qualifying process, should I say, he can figure out who he thinks may want to go with who, so on and so forth. He'll look at the form, he'll look at the, the guys who performed well at Ryder Cups before. But then when it comes to the wild cards, this is the captain's chance to obviously bring in players who can either offer experience or form. And if you look at the way they performed, it'd be nine points for the European players who were picked. Captain's picks, yeah. Captain's picks. And two points for the American players. And you kind of look at it and go, you could say that's where it was won. Yeah, definitely. But I think you look at the actual captain's pick from, um, from the US and you've got... Obviously, you've got a mix of form and experience in there. Mickelson, not on the best of form, but he obviously still got in based on really experience. Because you never know with him, he can always produce some greatness from somewhere. Bryson DeChambeau, you know, again, won twice, I think, this year. Won twice in the FedEx Cup. I think he's won four times this year. Four times this year. So, obviously, and then Maybe you've three. got Tiger, and then you've got Tony Finnau as well, who's had a great season as well. So, you know, the captain's picks based on that, you'd think, you could look at them and go, what a crazy decision, he's got Tiger, he's got Mickelson, he's got those yeah, other two yeah, guys, yeah. because they're all great picks. They just didn't perform, they didn't do the business, they, they disappointed um, maybe, the, maybe the fans, I suppose, because of, of they didn't live up to what they would expect it to be. And, and I suppose that's where it's at, really. The captain's picks certainly didn't perform. Um, they weren't quite on form picks, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at that and you're absolutely right in what you said. So Tiger Woods has played well this year. He then won the Tour Championship. After he won the Tour Championship, Jim Furyk must have been going, wow, that's, I've made absolutely the right choice. Although he was meant to be a vice-captain, by the way. So, but yeah, he is absolutely. DeChambeau, he picked him late. He had to pick him winning two events. He had to. Yep. Fina won two points. He won, he's the only one who won the points, actually, out of the, out of the, the captain's picks. 100% you'd pick him based on that. Mickelson, I suppose, is the only doubt based on his form has been so poor. But yeah. again, he had so many amazing Ryder Cup moments that you think, well, why should you even leave him out? I suppose, I mean, and then you look at the, the PGA Tour and think, well, who could they have picked? And you think maybe Xander Schiaffele or Schiaffele, so I say. There weren't loads of outstanding characters, though, that could have been picked. So, you know, you've got to say, well, you know, they just played bad. I mean, I think that's what they've, they've come out and said. Yeah. And it would have hurt them a lot. You know, you look at that and you think, well... Based on that, you people will say, well, he, he had the wrong picks. But it's always it's always either look back and say, okay, he had the wrong picks based on obviously the performance. But I think the majority of people were happy with those picks when when they were looking at that. You think, well, okay, Tiger, great, yeah, DeChambeau, great, Mickelson, legend, really, Ryder Cup legend, and you just never know with him. And obviously, Finau again on form. So to me, they were the right picks. They yet, as you said, they just didn't perform. They didn't pull it out the bag for whatever reason. And I'm sure there's a a few reasons that we're going to talk about as well. Yeah, and look, and, and this goes both ways, doesn't it? Because you turn it around to the European team and, you know, Thomas Bjorn was getting a lot of stick for picking Garcia. It's like, how can you pick Garcia? He's, you know, he's pulling out of events. He's not, you know, he's not playing in events. He's, you know, his form has been terrible. He hasn't made the cut in the major. Why would you pick him? But obviously having watched European Ryder Cup golf like you and I have for the last X amount of years, 20 plus years, you look at it and go, why would you ever leave him out? Because exactly. he is just so good when it comes to Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup has probably helped save his career a couple of times. So 
there's no way you wouldn't pick him. You know, you've got obviously some of the other guys like Stenson, obviously, a few niggling injuries. I mean, Paul Casey hasn't played it for was it, 10 years, was it? Yeah. And we knew about that because I mean, we knew how much the Ryder Cup meant to him because I think he probably cried more than anybody all week. He couldn't stop crying on the Sunday. Permanently tears in his eyes. But again, these are, you know, they're battle-hardened competitors who want to play in the Ryder Cup and really did. And I'm not saying they wanted it more than the US. They just played better. And, but, you know, so it does something to them, doesn't it? And whether it's the, the nature of being backed up by a teammate, which has always seemed to be the big thing, but they've, they've always managed to pull it out of the bag. Yeah, and you know, it's a totally different environment, isn't it? Because you look at form based on, you look at a piece of paper and you look at all these world-class players who are on their own for four rounds playing a stroke play event. Well, you throw them into the mix of a team environment where you're playing four ball, foursomes, you know, against two other golfers or a sing or a, another golfer, it is a totally different situation. Yeah. You've got um, strategy needs to change change for a lot of the time during the round. So you, there needs to be a lot of different decisions made based on your other team. You're not just playing the golf course; you're playing against two opponents. And like you say, you may have a, a decision to make on the third hole that is totally off plan or off strategy, but. This is the difference between that, the match play against these other two guys. And it just it just brings a whole new dimension to the game. And I think just looking at a piece of paper and saying the team looks strong, yes, there's some merit in that. But at the same time, it's judged on a totally different game. You're playing a stroke play four-day four event, and this is just something that's very unique. A lot of pressure. You know, you, you're... you're your team is very important to you. Your nation is very important to you. Mm. So there's a lot riding on it. So um, it is a totally different thing. Yeah, and look, and again, you're right with them say, saying this. You know, it's on the on paper, it's, people have said it's the strongest team that the US have ever produced. I think maybe there's a two minutes, two guys who haven't won major championships. And you're talking DeChambeau who's in amazing form and Ricky Fowler. And you'd always pick Ricky Fowler anyway. But then you look at it and think, well, Okay, they're winning major championships and they've got these great world rankings and what have you, but they're doing this in a sport which is all about themselves. And maybe yeah. they condition themselves that much to just being winners, even though you get the Spieth, Thomas Fowler influence where those guys, look, you know, the three amigos, whatever, yeah. they, they, they really sort of hang out a lot together and have fun together. You know, maybe there's something in that. You, you know, you look at Sergio Garcia and Rory McIlroy, obviously they're, they're fantastic friends. I think Sergio was Rory's best man at his wedding, so... You know, Ryder Cup, it forges friendships. Maybe the Europeans hold on to those friendships for longer and the Americans get back to business of being the single individual player mm -hmm. a little bit better. And, yeah, maybe the, maybe there's something in that. Okay, so, look, I mean, you know, as far as the captains are concerned, as far as I can see, they, they both did a really good job. They both spoke really well. I think the players have spoken well about the, the captains, with the exception maybe of one guy who will come to a little bit later. But I think we need to move to the golf course because we were lucky enough to film at the golf course about five, six weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. And first time we've been there and it was unbelievable. We had a course slug. We're going to plug our course slug, obviously, the first three holes and then the last six holes against Chris Ryan and Seb on golf. Go check that out on YouTube. But th those nine holes that we played, plenty of water in play, plenty of danger. The only thing that I regret about the golf course is that not enough matches went to 18. Yeah. You know, not enough matches went to 18, and that, was, yeah. I suppose, comes down to the form of the Europeans being better than the Americans. But if we'd got more matches going to that 18th hole, it's just an unbelievable golf hole. 470, I think. You know, we talk about great shots on there, Justin Thomas's drive, and unlucky shots like McElroy's drive. But the golf course, it seemed like it was perfectly set up 
for great match play golf. But more importantly, I think Jim Fury, uh, Jim Fury, Thomas Bjorn set the golf course up to suit the Europeans, didn't he? Yeah, and I, th I think for the, the big thing that we noticed when we played was it, it was a long golf course, but it was tight as well. So yeah. the, the fairways were not only narrow, but the rough three yards off the fairway was super thick. And it was really thick. Actually, it actually looked thicker on TV because it was a little more, we'd had a little bit more rain and it was a bit more green. So when we went there, it was a little drier and it was still pretty bad then. So, you know, you saw some of the guys hacking out the rough this week and it was just brutal if you were in there. So it put a premium on hitting the fairway. And obviously, I think the, the decision from Thomas Bjorn was to, to lengthen the par five, sorry, lengthen the par fours and shorten the par fives because the statistics of the Europeans, they, they were better at their long irons. So he wanted to make sure that everything in, in his power, he could really create the best scenario for the European team to win. And I do believe that was a big factor in them winning. It just suited their game better. You know, some of the big hitters, you know, people